Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing? Not bad. Uh, just a quick couple of notes, if anybody hears any dog barking or any uh, drilling, that's because somebody is working on the back and the front of the house. So, uh, if you hear any of that, that's why. Um, and yeah, that's the situation. So, hopefully it's not too disruptive, but I think we can get on with the podcast today. But, what have you been playing in the last week? Uh, I've been pretty much playing the same games that I have been playing. Um, making more progress with Kingdom Come Deliverance. And then I'm playing uh, Dragon Quest Eleven and uh, Dead Cells when I need a break from that. Yeah. I'm not anywhere close. I'm not back up to where I was when I did the hard restart. I've been taking my time more, trying to build up my character more. Because it is very, not stat dependent in terms of success or fail, but there's so much more that you can do. Uh, when you have good stacks in that, so hmm. cool. Um, so what? What? Which of the games that you're playing at the moment you most enjoy? Uh, it's. I mean, I enjoy all of them for different reasons. I mean, I really love Dragon Quest Eleven because it's a good throwback to when I was basically your age gaming, and you know, it was all turn-based RPGs and stuff. Uh, plus, it's basically playing a Dragon Ball RPG without it actually being a Dragon Ball RPG with all the art style similarities. Mm. Yeah, you know, Dead Cells is a good when you just when you want to you know twitch reaction a little bit, you know, get some things going. Yep, when test you yourself that this week. I'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, uh, I it's the story really that's keeping me engaged with Kingdom Come. I mean, otherwise I would have bailed on it a long time ago. I just I want to see how the story ends, and I've been working on that. So cool, nice. Uh, for me, um, been, been jumping in a few different games. Main, the main game I've been playing is Sekiro. Um, it's very, very challenging. It's very, very tough. Um, but it's immediately more approachable and more appealing to me than both Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Granted, I haven't played all the three Bloodborne games. I played about two hours worth of Bloodborne, like in total, because I went in and out in the game um but Sekiro I mean with its sword combat and stuff is really really cool with the whole Japanese background and everything is really cool with like the whole samurai stuff uh makes me quite more excited for uh Ghost of Tsushima because that should be more in that sort of wheelhouse but hopefully it'll be a bit easier I mean the difficult part like once you go past two or three bosses whether they're mini bosses or bosses I don't really care they're bosses to me um they're all as hard as each other to beat um, once you kind of do that and you go through the normal enemies, you kind of like go through the normal enemies quite easily, but then you can actually get yourself to the point where it's like, okay, I'm just going to stab my way through all these enemies and get through to the next thing and, and you like get too sort of carried away and then you do get maybe like shot or hit or whatever. Um, but yeah, the game's just got this real sort of appeal where it's like, uh, clicked with me quite well. Um, there is this, there's a certain degree of like, um, when you get, to, when I get to the next boss, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll try hitting him a couple, to try fighting him a couple of times, like, you know you're gonna die at least once, if not multiple times, and then it gets to the point where like, okay, I can't quite work this boss out, so I'm gonna go online and get a guide for it, basically. Um, and then you, you kinda go from there, and then I've noticed a lot of different YouTubers have like different... Uh, guides on <clears throat> on how to do different stuff um, and like different methods of how to do different things surprisingly the most difficult boss I've faced so far is the raging bull just because 
with the with the ogre that you fight, it's a case of like, okay, just dodging out of where he's gonna fall or whatever, where he's gonna like grab you and that sort of stuff. You get out of the range of that. With the samurais that you've had to like sword fight with, I've enjoyed that so much more because it's simply just like, okay, you have to out fight this guy with swords. With the ball, it's a case of like, you don't know if he's gonna go left or right or charge forward or spin around or whatever. Uh, plus he's got like plus the whole fire thing at the front of him makes it so much more difficult to fight him so I kind of like scrape my way through that fight um I'm up to the 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 newest fight that I did was the uh the general at the top of the stairs is the only way I can kind of describe it he's the one that's got um I'm describing this for those of you that have played it He's the one that's got like five or six gunmen around him and the really difficult thing about that is like You absolutely have to take those out before you take out the main boss because it will be a case of like Alright, you're fighting with a main boss who's hard enough on his own to fight And then you'll go over and you'll you'll have these six guys shooting at you every now and again And it's just too difficult to dodge so you really do You almost have to do that like ninja from the shadows thing which is where you jump out you get one of the guys Maybe you jump back up the building or maybe you do get lucky enough and take them all out in one kind of go Um, There's still a certain level of satisfaction around like if you break an enemy's posture or if you deflect or whatever And that red light comes up you press R1 and you know you've executed the person Um, There's also the satisfaction with the boss fights I suppose with Once you because usually with them you do like a stealth hit on them for their first bar and then with the second bar, it is the case of getting the health down and whatever and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, once you, like, either wear the enemy's stamina down or you get the health all the way down, seeing that blue, seeing that red light or the red dot, whatever you want to call it, pop up and you know you just hit R1 or maybe you have to do it twice is quite satisfying. Um, the story is kind of interesting. It hasn't really kind of kicked into gear yet, but I know it, it kind of... Um, it is really really good later as well but i mean other than the difficulty it's uh, it's a superb game so um what's your kind of history of like bloodborne and all those sorts of difficult games the souls born i suppose you call them well with those specific games none i never really played them i mean i grew up on way more difficult games than that go back to some of the older games like uh ninja gaiden on the nes you know goblins and uh ghouls and goblins games like that um, back when they were designed to be impossibly hard to get more quarters out of you, those games were rough. <laughs> the you know the the drug you know the the Bloodborne and the, the Souls games and all those yeah they're they're rough but you know they're not that bad. Mm. I suppose if you like grew up around the earlier games and you you kind of had that approach more but um, yeah uh, so yeah that's kind of the, that part of it. Um, the uh, this football I actually can't remember the name of the football game because I kind of rage quit it and uh, didn't like it. It's this VR football game, and to give you like the the front up sort of opinion, I think this game's awful. Um, it's got this mechanic where obviously use use your head whatever to to look around and view stuff because the the PSVR game. You have to use your two move controllers. You can't play this game with a controller. You have to use it with your two move controllers as if those are your feet. And the mechanic of that and having... Because um, essentially the game puts you out on this field and it says uh, move your left and right arms or hands or whatever rapidly to run forward. That mechanic is kind of alright. But the way that they implement running with the ball and shooting I don't think is very good. 
And the way that they have, for some reason, when you turn around in this game, because obviously you have to turn around to look around and whatever, they have this, like, blue grid that comes up, and it's really, like, it throws, at least for me, it threw me off so much to where, like, it was, I had to turn around really slowly for stuff, and then it just got to a point where the mechanics just weren't working with each other, like, the whole turning thing, and it actually made me feel like, I didn't throw up, but it made me feel slightly, like, dizzy and a little sick sort of thing just because of how awkward it was like turning with stuff um with all the other vr games i've played i can i've been completely fine with um the motion stuff but it was clear that like some something they didn't really do it right um plus yeah just the, the whole thing of yeah running and then you'll be at a certain point where you go you'll have the ball sort of next to you and you go to press you have to press and hold one of the buttons to initiate kick uh and then you kind of like um move your hand or whatever to to kick the ball it just doesn't really work properly plus a lot of whether, whether or not i was uh shooting wrong or, or not i seemed to find that i was putting my foot under the ball way too much so i was like scooping it up in the air which isn't how you score a goal in football and yeah it, it just didn't work properly at all um but i i kind of quit that uh i've got kind of a message for developers of vr as well stop putting bright white lights in your game like full on the, the whole screen turns white because you're in it's, it's fine if you do that thing and you're playing a normal game on a tv because it's not like on your head uh like in front of your eyes or whatever but there's there's also no need to do that as well and it's really quite sort of blinding sometimes there's been a lot of games that have done it has been um is that the part in moss where you do it where you open the book uh in uh this they do it as well in in the vr game in um what was the other game? The Martian, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. That does it. There's no need to have it be white. And there's no need to... I don't know. It's just so blinding sometimes. Do, do you get why I would have a problem with that? It's very kind of... Distracting. Yeah, yeah. And, like... I I, I mean, when the game tends to do that in its loading screens, I just have to close my eyes because it's just too bright. So, um, But there's no need for you to have that in your game, so... Plus, if you're making a VR-specific game like this or like the Rick and Morty, the Rick and Morty didn't have that problem. Um, you know that it's going to be right in front of your customer's face. So just don't do it. It's re it's really quite bad. Uh, yeah, the Rick and Morty game, the virtual reality. Have you seen any Rick and Morty? Yeah, I saw a full playthrough of that because I was curious cool. about it. I mean, do you watch the, the show? Uh, I've seen a few episodes of the show. It, it never really clicked with me, but you know, like I always say, if if you like it, you know, more power to you. Um, yeah, it's kind of based on that. Basically, you'll start and you'll be in front of this TV and you have to put... Uh, there's these, like, discs on the wall and there's this little, like, DVD player of sorts. You'll put, you'll, you'll grab the disc and you'll slide it in the, the slot or whatever. Uh, and then you'll hit the play button with your hand. It took me a while to, like, get it configured properly because I was, like, um... Like, too close to the TV and stuff, and uh, all that sort of thing. Like, the actual TV in the Rick and Morty game. Like, I wasn't positioned right for, like, the first hour of it or so. It was, it was really quite distracting. Um, but no, you, you see Rick and Morty, and they have some fun dialogue, like they usually do. And basically, you're playing as a Morty clone. Um, and if you don't know about Rick and Morty and stuff, uh, they have, like... Basically, it's like a weird sort of science-y adventure, kind of cartoony sort of adult show, is the shortest way to kind of describe it in that. Um, so you have that, and yeah, you basically play as this uh, Morty clone, and he comes up with this weird thing. I was like, okay, can you do my laundry? Uh, Rick, Rick sort of says that to you, and it's an interesting. That's that's actually a good mechanic to get you sort of 
in with the game to start with. It's not something too crazy for you to do at the start. Um, and you have to basically just do tasks because you go through the game and uh, Rick gives you this kind of watch thing. But you can, if you look at it, basically, if you lift it up and like directly look at the uh, the watch thing, you have to you call Rick to like ask him what to do next and stuff. And every every now and then, uh, Rick and Morty will come through the uh, the portal, and they'll they'll have a bit of dialogue and, and stuff like that. It, it, it was really really fun, really well done. Um, and it was about it took me about six hours to do, but the game is supposed to be around like three hours. But I had certain trouble with like grabbing certain items and stuff. But um, no, that was pretty good. Uh, the Martian VR. Um, did you see the Martian film? This is based on on that film, the the Matt Damon one. No, I, I've seen the film, but I haven't seen that game. Okay, uh, it's basically got because I haven't seen the film, but it seems like it's got sort of cutscenes from that, as if you're watching Matt Damon's little like log videos and stuff. And then essentially you'll go into first person. And what I like about this game is it's a bit more simple, and you'll essentially be doing like little mechanic work stuff. And um, there's a there's a really simple bit at the start where. You have your two hands in front of you, and you'll have small potatoes and big potatoes, and you simply got to throw them in the uh, the little buckets. But it's to do with the whole survival and him having to get food and everything. Um, you get to pilot this like little car sort of thing. You get to lift all these other different bits and pieces. A lot of cool like mechanical survival fixing stuff, but it's put together very very nicely in the game. Um, and there's certain games where you'll pilot like a ship or a car or something, and you'll have the full view in front of you like all around you this game does that really really well so i thought that was pretty good um and yeah it, that that was really really fun to do so um and it was one of the nice short and sweet games where like once i was finished it i was sort of happy with the amount that it gave me and everything but um i quite like that so uh what else do we have uh yeah so those are the main games that i played and i've got sekiro as well um so yeah i'll see where things take me sort of going forward with that let's jump into some housekeeping Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk today, we came back and also did the iZombie podcast. The fifth and final season has now premiered and uh, me and Robert gave our thoughts on the premiere. And we'll be back every five weeks for that, just the same way that we do the DC uh, CW shows. This is also in the on the CW, but it's not a DC show. Uh, or it's not an Arrowverse show, whatever. Um, but yes, we'll, we will be posting that around the same time that this gets posted, so look out for that as well. Uh, we'll also be doing an Avengers Endgame podcast today, uh, which will be part two, which will be me and Robert. Me and David did a part one last week where we discussed our, our initial sort of first watch, 
um, review of it. I'll sort of part one for it. Uh, speaking of big things for April, even though we're in May, uh, Game of Thrones is here. It's uh, rolling with its eighth and final season, or it's continuing with its eighth and final season. Uh, we had the big third episode this week, and we discussed that, me and David did, on our Reviewing Westeros podcast. Uh, a couple of discussion episode pieces, talking about HBO, um, why they're still the king of TV. Uh, part two for Stop Accepting Bad AAA Video Games, I got some feedback, so I took that and did another episode. Uh, and what was the other one? The other one was for Aquaman and Bird Box, and talking about their sort of um, strange level of success, if you will. Uh, we also got the DC shows, which we're doing at the moment, for... Um, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Black Lightning finished a long time ago, so we're just doing those three at the moment. We've got a few podcasts left, and those will be finishing for their seasons soon. Um, and yeah, the next film review I'm going to be doing is going to be for Detective Pikachu, which will be it will be out in a week, but that doesn't necessarily mean the review will be. But that will be the next film that I'm looking to do, and that's what we've been doing on EntertainmentTalk.org or on podcast platforms. Let's move into the news. So what would you like to talk about today? Uh, well, first up, they announced some new games that are coming to Game Pass for the month of May. Uh, normally, this isn't anything that I would really talk about, but two of the games that are on there are actually three of the games that are on there are pretty huge. Uh, Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, is out now. Oh, wow. Uh, as is Wargroove. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, uh, Surviving Mars and Black Desert Online are both moving to Game Pass, which are huge. Um, Surviving Mars and Black Desert are both games that I've really wanted to try. I just never got around to it. And now, <clears throat> since I'm still on that three-month Game Pass thing, I'm going to get a chance to check them out. Cool. Nice. Uh, there's a couple other couple others listed. Um, are you, you going to play uh, Wolfenstein 2? That was really good. I uh, See, like I've said before, I'm not much of a shooter guy, so probably not. Okay. Cool. Um, what, what else was you going to say? <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, like I said... Um, you know, Game Pass games get that get added in are normally not ones that I talk about, but you know, you said Wolfenstein. That was obviously a huge game. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, didn't surviving... a- I didn't actually play the first one or the New Blood thing or whatever, but second the one first one is on Game Pass as well, I believe. Cool, I might go and check that out. So, uh, yeah, think... and if you still have the chance to get three months for a dollar, I'd highly recommend mm-hmm. it because there's so many games on there now. Yeah, I'm still on my uh, the uh, first subscription lot of that, I suppose you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I could treat it like a prequel or something. But I mean, it's Wolfenstein. It's kind of fun, crazy action. So that's that as well. Uh, what else you got? Uh, the staying with the games, uh, games with gold for Microsoft and PS Plus were announced uh, this week. So for on on the uh, Microsoft side, uh, Marooners, which is nothing I've ever heard of, but it's some kind of kind of like partyish kind of game. Is available now, as is Earth Defense Force, which is a giant run-around third-person action shooting up aliens. And then in the back half of the month, we've got the Golf Club 2019 and Comic Jumper. Uh, Comic Jumper is basically a side-stroller, superhero-ish kind of guy. And then Golf Club is obviously golf. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've heard good things about that golf game. 
I mean, mechanically and technically, it's very realistic and very accurate, but it's one of those things that you got to like golf to like to play the game. It's like you and the FIFA games. If you don't like that sport, why are you going to play the game? Right. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's some others uh, as well here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that all, of, all four of them? Yeah, that was all four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a dud month apart from the golf game. Yeah, and it's not much better on the PS4 side. The games from May uh, is Overcooked, which was a Games with Gold long ass time ago. Mm. And then uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. You know, it's another walking sim, so. Yeah, I, I kind of. Every time I've gone into a walking sim or something similar, because I don't know if you can call Journey a walking sim, but it's got similar things in it, I've kind of expected something more and not really gotten things out of them so like journey gone home gone home was kind of interesting um although you can finish the game in one minute i'm not going to spoil how you can do that whatever but you should go through the house and explore um you got journey you got gone home and you got uh everybody's gone to the rapture i thought everybody's gone to the rapture was really bad um the story was kind of interesting but everything else in the game completely fell flat um although it's a walking sim so what was i kind of expecting whatever uh what yeah fall flat's a different game (laughs) Uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Not tried that, but I've heard that that's got a good story as well. But I don't know. Like the wa- Walking Sims used to be like a few years ago. There was like a, a kind of a bigger surge of these, and they've calmed down a bit more now. Um, but every like year, year and a half or so, I'll, I'll maybe jump into one and, and see what they're like. But um, like a lot of people talk really, really highly of Journey, and I don't think it's a terrible game. I just don't think it was. It just didn't really like give me those like uh well same feelings because uh, some people are like oh this was a magical sort of special experience and i just didn't really walk away feeling the same thing so um what about you do you play many sort of walking simulator stuff i mean i guess technically you could call the telltale games walking sims i played most of those um outside of that i really can't think of a game that would qualify as a walking simulator that i've played hmm. yeah uh, but yeah, they're a niche kind of little thing, and if you like them, there's some of them out there for you. Uh, if I had to recommend one, I, I probably would say Gone Home, out of the ones I just mentioned. Just because it's, I don't know, there's a bit more mystery and, and that sort of stuff. I just found it the most interesting. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's PS Plus and Games with Gold. A little bit of a strange month, but I guess we got Days Gone. Well, the end of last month, but that's out there. Um, I don't have Days Gone yet, by the way, so that's why there's been no videos or anything coverage for it. So, uh, What else would you like to talk about? Well, staying on the PlayStation uh, side, we've got more of a clarification for the PlayStation, not quite PS5, but they're probably going to call it PS5 anyway. Um, uh, uh, Wall Street Journal reporter Takashi Mochizuki, I know I virtued that, uh, tweeted about the the company's statements via Engadget. The company has now announced that the next PlayStation will not be coming in the next fiscal year, which pushes it past April 2020. Because fiscal years are like three months offset from calendar years. Yeah. Uh, the revelation doesn't rule out a 2020 launch altogether, but it does mean that it's either going to be a summer launch or a fall launch if it comes out in 2020 at all. Uh, they also did uh, clarify that there's not going to be an all-digital device, um, so there's not going to be a, a diskless uh, PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as we talked about last week, uh, Microsoft Xbox One S did make an all-digital edition. 
And I was listening, I forget which podcast I was listening to, but one of them was talking about, um, we were pretty much accepting the fact that in terms of sales, the PS4 just kicked the crap out of the Xbox. Yeah. Um, both platforms are good. You know, we both own both platforms. We both play on both platforms. Mm-hmm. But you got to be honest and just, you know, with the sales, PlayStation clearly won. Mm-hmm. But in a weird sort of way, that does give a bit of a, a power to Microsoft and that they can try wacky things and not have to worry about them being successes like with the uh, Digital One S. You know, if that sells well, you can expect a Digital One X to come out soon. And if not, you know, hey, we, we gave it a shot. People didn't want it. So, yeah. Where is what is the Xbox sales at? Microsoft hasn't talked about that for a long, long time. Well, they don't really officially do sales numbers anymore. At least, not that I can find. No, it's most been a, it's S- been a long time. So yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, when a game does freakishly well, they'll announce that. Yeah, uh, like with uh, um, Red Dead Two coming out and selling 17 million units in a week. Mm. Obviously, they're going to shout that on the mountaintops like the sound of music. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but the, the last time I heard micro- Xbox was at like 48 million or like 50 million or so. I'm sure they've jumped at least a little bit above that number. But um, Yeah, PS4 is closing in on 100 million, I'm sure. Yeah, it got to like 96 or something the, the other week. So it's getting there. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah. Would you want to say anything else you want to say about this? Uh, no, it's just, it's, you know, it's more clarification, more, uh, fuel for the speculation fire, but honestly, I don't even see it from the specs they're rolling out and the, the nuggets of hints they're dropping out that it's not going to be a cheap console. I don't see it coming out at least until 2021. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might come out in 20, it might come out next year, but no, the specs they're rolling out there because, you know, they said it's 8k, uh, capable, which I would have to assume is just video streaming. But that's an irrelevant thing because, like we talked about on the last podcast of how expensive the 8K TVs now, yeah. I don't. They, I mean, they're going to be cheaper in two years, but I don't see them being cheaper, affordable cheaper. Yeah. It's like maybe maybe they're $7,000 instead of $10,000. <laughs> maybe they're $6,000 instead of $10,000. That's still not affordable. Nah, nah. You not, know, if so. you can buy a used car for the same price that you can buy a TV, then it's not affordable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I still go with the same prediction that Lost of Us, Ghost of Shima, and maybe Death Stranding are next year. And then uh, e- e- either E3 or a state of play or some kind of announcement, uh, PS5 next year comes out full tw- uh, the holiday season. 2020 uh oh they've already announced it's backwards compatible so it will already be able to play last of us ghost shima and death stranding um the thing that has confused me on almost every podcast i've listened to over the last like two three months is there seems to be this confusion of like oh if last of us ghost shima and death stranding are ps4 games how are they going to be how are they going to run on ps5 and then even after the um backwards compatibility announcement they said like oh how is it still going to work i would just assume that you would just put uh you, you go to the st- uh, shop or you buy off amazon or something copy of last of us 2 you put it in the disc tray it installs and it works i don't quite understand because uh, a lot of people are like oh you might have to remaster these for playstation 5 why would you have to remaster them for the playstation 5 if it's backwards compatible i um, plus, games the, those three games themselves are not going to need remasters. 
Um, so I would just assume mm-hmm. it would work similar to the way the Xbox does, um, which it will just download to your hard drive and you'll just play the game. I don't really see quite the confusion there. So. Um, yeah, and they can always do like upscaling. Like if you buy yeah. a uh, original Xbox game and play it on your Xbox One, the software on the back end that Microsoft does actually upscales that to get it somewhere between the 360 and the uh, Xbox One quality in terms of the visuals. And now, to be fair, Microsoft, and we forget this because it's been a game console for so long, but Microsoft's been a software company since the early 80s. And so all the stuff that they're doing that PlayStation just can't seem to figure out, that's because Sony's not a software company and Microsoft yeah. is. And so they've got all these decades of engineers and programming background and everything to to really nail that down. That's why we're, you know, PlayStation gets mocked because games break because you changed your username. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's a software thing, and that's something that Microsoft does consistently. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and, in, term, in terms of those games being played on the PS5, I don't really see the the struggle. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've heard it on a lot of podcasts lately. They're sort of like, how will this be played on the PS5? I just assume you put the disc in and install it. So Yeah, and, and like I said before, that confusion is mostly just from the fact that Sony doesn't really seem to have their software figured out, even mm. though they make it and yeah. they maintain it. Yeah, uh, but I'm excited for PS5 and for the next Xbox and for whatever happens with Nintendo. So uh, what else would you like to talk about today? Well, staying on the uh, Death Stranding, uh, a few days ago, mm. uh, Norman Reedus and Hideo Kojima were at the Tribeca Film Festival. And they dropped some nuggets on the game. Uh, Kojima describes it as an open-world action game, but that's really something new. But it's really something new. Uh, there are so many things happening in the real world, in America, in Europe. Everything is actually connected by the internet, but in a way we're not connected in the real world. I'm putting this as a metaphor in the game. The players will have to reconnect the world in the game. You're very alone. There's solitude, but you're trying to connect. The story and the gameplay, the key word is connections. There are so many things in between, of course, but that's the key. Uh, and there's also a really long article that I'm reading from. It talks about there's a, a super secret area that uh, Norman oh, Reedus is in. <laughs> yep. Uh, they, they both describe the game as being very meta in terms of you know real world and the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, they do go into some of the like the recording sessions and you know the voiceover stuff like that. Um, but bear in mind that Kojima made a game, the, the first Metal Gear Solid, that had a mechanic where you would fight against this boss. He was he was one that did like he could uh, control objects and stuff like or, like telekinesis type of thing. And the only way to defeat him was if you change your controller to port two. And then he's not able to, like, redo anymore or whatever, and then you can shoot him. So just mm-hmm. put... I mean, that was back on the, the PS... PlayStation 1, and now we're on the you know the end of the PS4 cycle or whatever. And this is going to be a brand new game. So, because um, I haven't played yet um, 2, 3, and 4 for Metal Gear Solid. I did actually buy a Metal Gear Solid 4 today. Because um, it, was, it was quite cheap and stuff. Um, but because like, so I don't know what else kind of crazy mechanics they they put in those games. But like if you think about that being in the game all the way back then, what he can do with today's kind of games and stuff. So yeah, uh, it's it's going to be fascinating. So 
Um, and you know, um, regardless of even if the game's good or bad, it's going to sell crazy just out of the sheer curiosity alone. Yeah, it will. So, um, how well did Metal Gear Solid Five do? That must have done pretty well. Uh, I don't know because most games, unless it's like like I said before, unless it's like freaky big, most games don't release uh, sales numbers. So I don't mm. know exactly how well it sold. Yeah, that was a few years ago, so I can't quite remember. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what madness Kojima's got for us. I'm fascinated, so. Uh, and Absolutely. I still, and I still have more of his work to discover with the other Metal Gear games, so uh, we shall see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. Uh, in terms of speculating on more and what this stuff means, it's I, I mean, it's Kojima, so it could mean anything. So uh, who knows? But it should be fascinating in either 2020 or 2021 or whatever. I do think, because I know earlier I said that those three, the big three PlayStation games, um will likely come out next year. I could see Death Stranding being a slightly later game just because of what that game's probably going to be like. So, mm-hmm. uh, Plus, with Last of Us, they just wrapped on the uh, filming stuff, the mocap stuff, so that yeah, could I be saw closer. That, but it takes so long to render that, and then we don't know if that's like just the main game or like any mm. future potential DLC. Or if they had to remap something because something got screwed up. Yeah, seems like they... They kind of finished the filming of that, so mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't mean the game's out like in four months or something. But out of the three of those, that gives the indication that that could be the the closest. But it's all kind of speculation on release dates. So, uh, mm-hmm. what else do you want to talk about? I got a little bit of a sad note. Um, uh, Burnout Paradise. The servers are going to be shut down on August first. Uh, the original Burnout Paradise game came out in 2008 and was a huge hit. I played a lot of it. It was super fun. Uh, they uh, The shutdown is going to affect uh, PS3, Xbox 360, uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The remastered version is not going to be affected. Um, but uh, the digital copies are like 10 bucks right now, so for the remastered version on some platform. So if you hadn't got a chance to play it, uh, I would definitely recommend it. It's definitely a, a fun game. Uh, the server shutting down won't affect anything offline play. Um, and like I said before, the remastered version is going to be unaffected. So the online ver- online play for that uh, will still be available. Um, if you hadn't played it, but you're looking, if you had played it and you're looking for something similar, a kind of a, unofficial predecessor launched a couple weeks ago called Dangerous Driving. Um, and it's basically burnout without it being burnout. And they did something kind of weird in the Dangerous Driving game. They didn't have... They're, they're a super small indie studio, and they didn't have um, the money to do licensing for music, so they just made a Spotify playlist. And so you can actually link the game to Spotify, and if your console can do... You know, Spotify playing in the background. You can actually link the game up to that, which I'm kind of I'm mixed on that. I mean, I I like the concept of doing that, but then the artists don't get nearly as much money in terms of revenue for when they license the game versus when it goes through a Spotify. It's like a fraction of what they get, and you know, for super small studios like that, yeah, that completely makes sense. You don't have the money to do that. But I just I worry that you know somebody in like EA or some other big ass corporation is going to see that and then do that as like a cost cutting measure. Yeah, it's it's a complicated kind of thing. Um, in terms of burnout itself, I I don't think I ever played it. 
Um, but it would be a game I'd maybe interested to, to check out at some point. Um, but uh, I think I remember when I was at in high school and I was getting an Xbox 360 and I was talking about some of the games I wanted to get. I'm sure one of the burnouts was in there and then I remember one of my friends saying like, oh, that's, yeah, you should get that. It's a good game or something. Um, but past that, I've never really been in on the franchise that much. So how about you? I played a lot of uh, Burnout. I played Burnout uh, back when it was like a, a crash game. I forget which, what the name of it is. I actually own it as backwards compatible from the original Xbox. Basically, the whole goal was just to drive your car fast and to cause as much havoc and damage as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, cool concept. Past that, Quite a basic yeah. concept as well. So, yeah. yeah, not counting the the Burnout Paradise, the last even attempt at a game like that was Burnout Crash, and it was an iOS game, and it did not do well. Oh, it was okay. terrible. Yeah, that doesn't sound very good, so... Yeah. Um, so will you still be able to, like, just do the offline fun? Yeah. Yeah, all the all the offline stuff is still going to be there, and it's still going to be workable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things that anything online, so for achievements or any kind of gameplay or anything like that, uh, the offline is not gonna. The online is not gonna work. Well, these things do happen sometimes, and uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't they turn off the uh, servers for? Um, I think is one of the GT Sport VR games for for PlayStation. They did that recently, or they're going to next year or something. So, um, but I mean, if if nobody's using these servers and they're costing people money, then you don't really yeah. need them around. So. Yeah, it's not like they're shutting it off for a game that came out last year. Like I said, this game came out in 2008, so yeah. almost 12 years. Yeah, when the MCU started. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I got two uh, two final stories that kind of tie into each other. Uh, both involve the Epic Game Store, which is very quickly becoming a shitstorm. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Epic Games bought Psyonix, the developer behind the huge uh, vehicle soccer game Rocket League. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that they're doing after purchasing it is they're going to delist it off of the Steam store. So, And I haven't seen any updates on this on how it'll affect people that already own it on Steam. If the game won't be playable, if... If they don't download it now, and they uh, if something happens, if they can't re-download it, um, if it's even going to be playable once that goes through, um, they just haven't said anything yet. And they they did the only thing they did confirm is that they're taking it off of Steam. Uh, so, did you ever play Rocket League at all? I I did play some of it. I remember when it um I think it was when it came to Xbox or something. Wasn't wasn't it on PlayStation first or something? Or was it the other way around, or something? I think like that? it was on. I think it was on Steam first, and I know it's on both that consoles. But, yeah. But past that, I don't know. It's a super fun game. I haven't played it in a really long time, but it's a super fun game. It's basically three on three, uh, you know, soccer, and then your cars have boosts and jumps, and there's like all kinds of wacky stuff you can mm. add in on it. Yeah, I, I like um, using like the the DeLorean and the Batmobile and. All those sorts of cars. That was pretty fun. They did. They do tie-ins with like uh, Fast and Furious, things like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, they should put the uh, Fools and Horses car in there. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. Because that's so not a uh, um sort of battle-ready car <laughs> at all. Like the the yeah. the DeLorean and the Batmobile, you could see being in like fights or some sort of like sports thing, but not the uh, I think it's called the Trotters van or something. 
Um, yeah. That that would not be suitable for that. But obviously, in in a game where the car wouldn't break, that wouldn't matter. So it would be kind of funny to put that in. Plus, it's only got three wheels, so uh, that would be pretty funny. I think it's got three wheels. So, um, but yeah, it is a good game. I mean, people that are really into it, they have plenty of uh, good content and stuff. And they got don't they have the the crossplay and they got it on Switch and everything. So. Well, I know there's a cross-play between, uh, you know, PC and Xbox. Obviously, PlayStation still refuses to do uh, cross-play. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think they and then, with, with Switch as well. So yeah, I think it is with Switch. Yeah. And like I started the conversation with, what's turning it into a shitstorm is the follow-up story that I have. Saying that the uh, Epic Box says the exclusivity policy and Steam removal policy won't go into effect if Steam changes its revenue sharing. Um, if Steam commits to a permanent 88% revenue share for all developers and publishers without major strings attached, uh, Epic would hastily organize a retreat from exclusives and consider putting our own games on Steam. Such a move would be a glorious movement for the history of PC gaming and would have a swe- sweeping impact on other platforms generations to come. And man, does that sound hyperbolic and almost like dictatorial in a way. Yeah. I mean, imagine if Microsoft did that. Think about the next big, big game that's coming out that's cross-platform but is a studio that Microsoft owns is The Outer Worlds. Imagine if Microsoft, if like... Uh, uh, Pete Hines or Larry Arb or somebody like that came out and said, by the way, this game is not coming out on PS4 until PS4 does cross-platform. Right, yeah. That's basically what this guy is doing. And I'm I'm all for... I don't mind them buying Psyonix. I mean... Oh, that's fine. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's an independent company. They're more than willing to be sold like that. But just the attitude of, we're going to hold these things hostage until you do what we want. That that I have a serious problem with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's two sides, which is one, which is like you know the way that this person is going about doing this thing is not great, but uh, I mean they do own the studio, so they can kind of do what they want, but you have to do it in a better way. So it's like it's like you said, the the out, is it the Outer World you said from Obsidian that will probably yeah. come out on like PS4 and PC and and all those sorts of things, and on Xbox obviously, but. Uh, that's because it was their pre-purchase uh, game yeah. or, or whatever. But and it's not like this isn't without precedent before when uh, uh, the Division Two and Metro Exodus were coming out, and they had that exclusivity with uh, the Epic Game Store. Mm. The people that had it on Steam and had it pre-ordered on Steam are like, "What the fuck?" And even with the Metro Exodus 2033, I'm sorry, Metro Exodus. When the people purchased, uh, pre-ordered the physical copy of the game for PC, all they got was a download code for the Epic Store. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, we'll see what Epic does going forward. Th- THQ is going to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they maybe they're in the background buying more things, and then they'll come out and say they've they've bought a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard them uh coming I haven't heard a news article of them buying something. Maybe they're in uh, shoppers uh, rehab or something like that. I don't know, or maybe they're just making the how many games did I say last time? Was it 55? Something in that nature, yeah. yeah. Uh and I was like completely blown away cuz that's a staggering number of games in development. Well, that's just but... games in the development. The number of IPs they IPs they own is somewhere in the neighborhood of like 150. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe they stopped and they're actually going to just develop the games that they've got already. So yeah, uh, and who knows? Maybe they're maybe the IPs they own are exclusive to like uh, electronics. Maybe they own like a, a stake in some of the uh, like the board games and the the dice games and the tabletops, and they're just staking out like revenue streams. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. All right. What else you got to talk about? Uh, that's all I had to talk about. I know you got a few things. Cool. I did have the uh, Games of Gold and PS Plus written down, but we uh, discussed that already. Although it wasn't much, there wasn't much to be discussed there because they're a little bit lackluster. But hey, like Robert said, and more like we've said, if you like any of these games in here, then they're available on your subscription thing. So, uh, the Sonic trailer. What did you think of that? Uh, wow. What a thing. Um, I'm really confused as to why they made a Sonic movie to begin with. Me too. Um, the interesting thing is the guy that does the voice uh, has been in a lot of things. Um, I know him mostly from his character of Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec. And if you haven't seen Parks and Rec, you should absolutely watch Parks and Rec. Especially it's uh, what's... my list. So, yeah. yeah, the first season is kind of meh, but they really find their footing in season two and they really... You know, hit it out of the park with season three on. Plus, it's a uh, early Chris Pratt. Um, mm. Ron Swanson is probably my favorite character of a TV show ever. He's just absolutely hilarious. Cool. Um, James Marsden is in another CGI film, so you know what the hell. Um, yeah, they they said in between when the trailer came out and today's podcast they have said that they're going to change the design of Sonic because I'm mean, the first time I saw that face I was like. I didn't like freak out and be like, "What the hell is this?" I just asked the question of like, "Why does he look like that? Why, yeah. why, why does he have like human teeth? And why is his face smaller? And why is he, he's taller, but his face is like smaller as well? It's it looked really strange. Plus, they took away the whole thing of having the the joint eyes or whatever. It just it yeah. it looked like some sort of weird version of Sonic. Um, Especially when you juxtapose that with the Detective Pikachu movie that's coming out and how the visuals of the uh, the Pokemon, how they look just amazing. Yeah, because with, with that, that's more of a case of they've kept their designs and they've just changed the like art style with them. They just like, they visually look different but not in design-wise. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the one thing I'm actually kind of, I doubt I'll see it. I'll probably rent it when it, because you got to figure a movie like this is going to hit rental really damn quick. Yeah. Um. I am going to probably rent it just because I'm curious with uh, Jim Carrey's performance. Me too. He's the one thing I took away from the trailer is like, okay, if I, if I was going to watch this film, it would be for him. So, yeah. Uh, I miss and see, I, yeah, and I remember 90s Jim Carrey when he was just a wacky comedian doing, having fun. <laughs> Ace Ventura uh, and that, yeah. Ace Ventura. Did you ever see The Mask? I didn't, but there's a, there, there's going to be a good amount of films uh, from Jim Carrey in the classic review stuff. Um, the, in the, the mask future. absolutely should be in there because um, cool. it's it's a riot. He does his physical comedy like peak in that. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, oh man, there's somebody that became famous that was in it that I'm gonna brain fart. She was one of the uh, Charlie's Angels in that remake. Okay. Um, not. Uh, I couldn't tell you who it was. So yeah. Um, let me look it up real quick. But yeah, if I was going to see this film, it would be for Jim Carrey's comedy. Because, I mean, I also don't have the Sonic nostalgia driver. Because people that, you know, yeah. grew up with Sega and all that sort of stuff and played the games, they're going to want to see this. So, 
Uh, yeah, Cameron Diaz is who I was uh, trying to remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, like, in terms of Sonic himself, I'm not really that interested. Um, see, it, I'll put a bit of perspective on it. Like, I have no nostalgia for Sonic at all, because, like I said, I I didn't play those games or whatever, and I didn't grow up with him. Grew up more with Crash Bandicoot. And even the episodes that he's in for the Skylanders stuff... I still didn't get through that just because of how weirdly they weird they've made the character, and also they turned Coco into like some sort of they they put her tech too far forward. She, I mean, she's got a laptop in the game and she does some stuff, but they gave her like all these weird gadgets and that. So even in terms of like watching nostalgic characters, I couldn't do that with Crash because of what they did with him there. So mm-hmm. me approaching it from the same thing with Sonic, just it's not going to work in the same way. So. Um, yeah, plus yeah. it's got your it's got your favorite person in the world in the Sonic movie. Who? Damien Dark. Damien Dark. Oh yeah, he's in this one here. Yeah, yeah he plays the uh, the general or whichever the the yeah. military guy. Nope, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, that that I mean that that's good kind of uh, Jim Carrey stuff when he's like, hey, what's your name again? He goes to speak. He's like, nope, not important. So. Um, I yeah. mean, I can't do it in the same way that Jim Carrey does, but you know what line I'm talking about. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we'll see what they do with the design change. That could really fundamentally change how good this film is, because obviously it's just the design of your main character, so it's quite important. So, yeah, it's also really weird that they released that trailer and they're just like, "Oh, we're going to reconfigure the CGI 100% completely." So, mm-hmm. I'm glad they're doing that though, because I mean, it'll hopefully make it a little better. But and that's a weird thing that you can do now with CGI. It's like if this is like a a, a something to where it's like a physical prop, you know, that's it. That's the design. We're stuck with it. Mm. Yeah. So it's out in November, isn't it? I think it said in the trailer. Yeah, and that Wait. redesign is going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. So if it does come out in November, it's got Frozen Two to compete with. So good luck. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's going to be a, another big Disney film, you know. So as if they haven't got enough of those this year. Um, but I mean, they put the money to buy all those properties, so mm-hmm. you know they get the money from that uh yeah about- disney's been on more of a buying spree than thq that's <laughs> scary yeah yeah uh anything else for the sonic trailer uh the only thing that i'm annoyed at is the different people that are making copyright strike claims against youtubers that have negative reactions to it it's like either I didn't know the- that was a thing so yeah yeah that's a thing though to where they'll have like the video in like a small part of the corner and then somebody that's a YouTuber will watch it and they'll do like live reactions to it. I'll put yeah. one of them in the, no, I mean, the Facebook. I, mean, I didn't know they were copywriting the negative reactions. So. Oh yeah, and it's not a copyright strike to where the video gets taken down. It's just any revenue generated from it goes to somebody else mm. because they play a Gangsters Paradise in the trailer, and so yep. the company that's behind uh, Coolio, uh, they've been doing a lot of DCM DCMA strikes against people. And those people are just like, okay, fine. And then they just delete the video. Mm. When did he last make a song? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is I'm not in that genre of music a whole lot. So he me, might me have, neither. he might yeah. be making a lot of songs. So I just don't know it. Mm. Like I, when people ask me about music, it's like, I'm an 80s kid. So you've got somebody that's got just shreds on the guitar. I don't care what genre it is. I'll listen to it. Yeah. Uh, but rap doesn't really have a whole lot of guitar work in it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, to con- to kind of conclude my thoughts, uh, we should stop doing film adaptions because we should 
try to do TV ones, because even though I haven't seen the second season of Castlevania, and I intend to watch that, because it's another thing on my list, um, this first season of that was great, and I really do, th- I really hope, not only do I think it's going to happen, but I hope that when The Witcher comes out on Netflix, which is supposed to be later this year, that that mm-hmm. like that really sort of does shine a big light on like okay let's start doing TV because because the video games are longer and that and you've got long form stories and to try and fit some of that in even if it's a trilogy and it's like two hours each and adds up to six hours that's still not enough um, but I I really do hope that that comes out and everybody all, all the people that are trying to make all these like adaptions from games really kind of look at that and say like okay let's try and do this instead uh, sort of thing. Because um, I really do have a lot of faith that that's going to be quite good. So yeah, um, I mean, I could, I I've, could be wrong. Uh, it could be really bad, and I'll, I'll uh, hold up my hands or whatever. Yeah, so. I have heard. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, obviously, but I have heard really, really good reviews from Detective Peach, Pikachu. So mm-hmm. see, that is a video game adaption thing, but Pokemon's also been a TV show and a film at times as well. So. Yeah, see, the yeah. problem, at least that I've seen with video games-based so, films, is they try to condense as much as they can from the video game into the movie. Yeah. And then the movie just essentially becomes a speed run. I mean, that was the biggest problem. And they do that with books as well. That was the big, biggest problem I had with the Ready Player One. Is just, the, you know, that book was obviously really long, and there's a lot that could be cut out. But that, just yeah. so much of it just got caught at, cut out that, you kind of lose the depth of the characters in it. Mm. But with Detective Pikachu, it just looks like they're doing basically an episode of a TV show in the video game world. Yeah. And that has worked from time to time. I'm trying to think of adaptations where that's worked. I mean, obviously the Castlevania stuff worked pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, They did actually do uh, a season of Ultraman, from the old seven, early 70s Japanese TV show, Ultra Man. Um, and that's back in the kaiju area, you know, guys in rubber suits and guys in rubber monster suits beating each other up over cityscapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's on Netflix now. Cool. Um, but yeah, in terms of, like, TV adaptions to from video games, it really hasn't been much. If, if it has, it's been very, very quiet. So, um because I, I just don't get the fact that over the last, what, like, five, ten, even longer than that, years ago, years, that every single time a video game film comes out, every gamer says, like, okay, this this isn't great, and then they just continue to be made. It's just, okay, let's just try, some, try something different, so. Um, but yeah, with Pokemon, it is a bit different, where it's like, okay, this has been adapted in multiple different medias already, so it's not quite the same thing, plus... It actually looks pretty good, so... <laughs> plus, <laughs> plus Ryan Reynolds, let's be honest. Yeah. That's going to be yeah. a huge draw. Yeah. Um, it's quickly. It's interesting how quickly I got used to, like, okay, Pikachu's just talking, so... Because um, I remember when it first, the first trailer came out and everybody was like, okay, this is a little bit strange, but, you know, trailer 2 comes out, trailer 3 comes out, I think there's been three trailers, and it it's almost, like, looks normal, so... <laughs> yeah. We shall see. Uh, Speaking I, of trailers, why haven't we had a new uh, Far From Home trailer now that Endgame is out and been out for a while and clearly half the planet's already seen it? Who knows? Um, I don't know. We're, we're obviously going to get a slew of announcement, announcements from Marvel at some point with uh, their films. So, um, Well, they did say that all the Phase 4 stuff is not going to come out until after Far From Home has been released. That makes sense. So, yeah. 
Uh, Alright, I think that's what we got for you on this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much for listening. You can find all of the content that we got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, there's patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. That's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Amazon affiliate link, that's where you can drop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review and subscribe to those. Or you can simply click on the iTunes feed and just give it a quick rating. Just tap the button and that will help us out as well. Uh, I will continue to check those as well because iTunes doesn't tell me. So I have to check that. Uh, but if you don't want to mess around with any of that stuff, iTunes, uh, not iTunes feeds, word of mouth. Um, just simply tell your friends, family, people that you know, people that uh, you see playing or watching any of these games, films, shows, any of that kind of stuff. Tell them about the website and the iTunes feeds. That will help us out as well. Uh, social media, you can share the posts, retweet them, put them in different Facebook groups uh, from Twitter and Facebook and all that. Uh, video games, if you want to watch me and Robert or David play different video games, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels. Robert's got one on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.